Welcome to Santa Cruz Naturalist. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. This week, I talked with Jana Valakovic, who is the University of California Cooperative Extension Forest Advisor and Director for Humboldt and Del Norte Counties. So after a fire damages a forest, what happens to the ecosystem? So following a fire, I mean, there are a tremendous amount of benefits. So, you know, one of them, the obvious ones is it, it's consumed some of the fuel. So that's, that's generally a good thing because um, then that uh, perhaps reduces the uh, ability for a future fire to move through that stand, at least for a few years, right? Um, the fire also stimulates what's in the seed bank. And like in redwood stands, one of the things that I'm always struck by is that Douglas iris um, responds very well to fire. And you might not have ever noticed that there was Douglas iris in that stand. And then after the fire, you know, within, within after the rainy season, all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of beautiful flowering plants that you didn't know about. It also releases a whole lot of um, different fungi that are very fire dependent and wait for those opportunities. So there'll be a flush of different um, fungi, different mushrooms. I mean, I get a lot of calls, you know, what is this? I've never seen it before. Well, of course we haven't, you haven't seen it because you haven't had an opportunity to walk in this sand with fire before. It will also release a number of the, of the um, certain molecules that have been in that um, downwoody debris that are often difficult and hard to access uh, for, for plants. And so it, it does a lot in that way, especially like in calcium, you'll see a lot of um, the ash is filled with a lot of calcium and that's hard for plants to get at. Oh, interesting. So in managing a forest after a fire, how do you figure out what types of restoration efforts are needed? So once you sort of figure out, well, you know, 25% of my stand is, is pretty heavily damaged, but the rest of it's fine then you might not need to do any kind of planting effort because the, the basic backbone and the architecture of, of that forested area is still there. And maybe you want to remove some of those um, damaged trees so that you don't have a fuel load over time. Um, but overall, you've just had a, a, a nice thinning basically across the stand. And you know, then moving to the extreme. So let's say you did have fire in the in the crowns or the green parts of the tree where the, you know, the fire actually burned those needles and and you really had a super hot, intense fire. Well, then the amazing part about redwood, for example, is that it's got a burl and it's got to re-sprout. I'm sorry, a burl? It's got a, what's called a burl. So it's got all these adventitious buds that lay sort of dormant um, and waiting for something to stimulate them. And after fire, all of a sudden, all this green tissue um, emerges. So redwood, you know, it's called Sequoia sempervirens for a reason. Sempervirens means always living, is basically really well adapted to having uh, some kind of uh, low severity, um, relatively high frequency return of fire. People should take pictures right now of what their stands look like. Record them so you know where you are. And then after the rainy um, season, take pictures again. You will be blown away with how much regrowth, bright green. You know, there'll just be this whole feeling of renewal come the spring. You've been listening to Santa Cruz Naturalist. Special thanks to my guest, Jana Valakovic, UC Cooperative Extension Forest Advisor and Director for Humboldt and Del Norte Counties. Listen for part two of our conversation for more on forest resilience and fire management. And as always, thanks to all of you for tuning in.